Good morning, Hope Church. It's good to be with you today and it's good to be <clears throat> and join the journey that you're on. It's been a journey you've been taking for quite a while now. Let's hope we can help you further. We're looking at Numbers uh, chapter 20 today and we're looking at the story of Moses and Aaron. Sad time. This story couldn't have come at a worse time. Moses had just buried his sister. Can you imagine all the memories he had of Miriam, finding him in the, or putting him in, in, the, in the bulrushes as a baby, being his nurse while he was growing up, being with him, singing, leading out the women in dance, the time she rebelled with Aaron, so many memories of his sister. And in that moment that she died and he buried her, he had to move on and move towards the promised land, knowing that a third of the Trinity that worked together, Moses, Miriam and Aaron were not going to make it. And it was now the two of them leading the whole of the children of Israel. And that was not an easy congregation to lead. Ask Gary and the team about that <laughs> sometime. You might get some interesting answers. And this was the end of their journey. They were coming towards the end of their journey. And you, you have to be very careful when you get towards the end of the journey. We're coming to the end of the journey of COVID now. Uh, it's been over a year since I came back from America. I've not flown since that time. And it was a period where we'd been locked down and not able to go into what God had got for us next. So we've had to find other ways of doing it, like Zoom. And I know many of you have found that frustrating. For me, it's been liberating uh, for the work that we've been doing. It's been a wonderful thing. But for some of you, it's become an enemy. And actually, we need to see it as a gift. If we haven't have had it, heaven knows. We might have had to start writing letters. Who knows? But when you get to the end of a journey, you get careless. Do you know that most accidents that happen in our nation happen near to home? Near to home. People get more careless. They think they understand how things should be done. And the people began to get careless and the water began to run out. And when the water was running out, there was nothing to water the cattle. And they were getting angry. And the people turned and they turned against Moses and they turned against Aaron and as always people have to blame someone look around look at the media I've just been watching tonight Laura Kunzberg from the BBC giving the prime minister the uh, health secretary a really hard time absolutely unnecessarily in the midst of triumphs all they could do was pick holes in what they were doing always someone will grumble and mumble and moan and groan and actually it doesn't help us and it didn't help their leaders and their leaders struggled with it and though they were very upset with what was said, because the people really were rude. They said, you know, you made us come out of Egypt. You brought us to this evil place. And this was God's promise, the promised land they were just about to go into. Now it had become an evil place. Moses and Aaron had done some amazing things for them. When most leaders would have walked away from the way that congregation was behaving. But two million people. Very difficult to lead. I remember leading a lot of you in Basingstoke. Wasn't always easy to lead. I'm grateful that many of you made it easy. Very few made it difficult. We've been blessed. But this is important that as a congregation, we understand that in the current crisis, it's very easy to find negative things to pick up upon. It doesn't help. Let's find positive ways of dealing with issues that we face. And let's try and keep our spirits good and right and the love of Christ between us and the Holy Spirit moving and oiling the wheels of the machinery that operate in the body of Christ. Let's look for that. They didn't look for that, though. And 
Moses and Aaron were very wise. They didn't react to the people, which shocked me. You know, normally people can react rather than respond. They responded to God. They went to the meeting place. They fell down at the entrance. They didn't even get in. And the presence of God came down upon them. And they fell on God's mercy. And the glory of God came down on them. I would like to think that as we come back together to the meeting place, that something happens in Sarum Hill when you gather together. You get to the door and you're down on the ground because the glory of God is there meeting with you. We need to be ready to come back together corporately and to worship corporately and to love corporately and to live corporately and to think corporately and to behave corporately as the body of Christ is intended to do in the town of Basingstoke. And for many years that's been the case. Why not let's come back with greater power in that way as we come back? And God spoke very clearly, very specifically to Moses and Aaron. This is what he said. Take the staff, that's the sign of the authority that God had given to Moses, and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before you, before your very eyes, to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give them drink to this congregation and their cattle. Moses took his staff. And he does exactly what the Lord had commanded him to do. Or did he? This is where it all went wrong. You see, the problem is we're not always very good at listening. People can talk to us. Yes, I'm listening. Yes. Sir. Well, what did I say? Well, uh, um, I can't quite remember all of it. But Moses used to speak face to face with God. That was a very special privilege. And he should have known better. He should have been able to hear what God said. God said very clearly you tell the rock before their eyes to give up its water. The problem wasn't just, though, in what Moses heard or didn't hear properly, but in the manner and the spirit of how he applied what he'd heard. This is always a big thing for me as a leader. I, to be honest, I find it quite easy to hear from the Lord about what I should do and what I should say. What I don't find easy is knowing what manifestation of the Spirit should I bring what I've actually got. And many years ago, God warned me very, very strictly from this passage that I must be extremely careful that when I was told to speak to the rock, I did what I was told. Here the two leaders gathered the assembly together. You can read it as you look through in your Bible. I've got my Bible here and I've written the whole thing out here because I find it easy to go through and explain to you because I don't want to get this wrong. This is a very, very, very important statement. I learned this as a young leader and, and it saved me on many occasions from doing the right thing the wrong way. Did you hear that? We can do the right thing the wrong way. We need to do the right thing the right way. So here they were. They were attempting to be obedient to God. They stood before the rock with the assembly. But at this point, Moses made a big mistake. Have you ever been frustrated? Moses must have been really frustrated. He was frustrated with the people. He was frustrated with their grumbling. He was frustrated with their blaming, with their over-reliance on him for everything and them not taking responsibility when they should have and could have. And he'd had enough of their unbelief and their ingratitude. He, and Miriam had died. Don't forget this, Miriam had died. Don't forget that when you go through times of crisis in your life and in your family, it's very easy to say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing in your grief or in your frustration. And you can hear that. 
in what he goes on to say and what he says in his speech to the gathered congregation. He starts off really badly. This is not the way to address the church. Gary and the leaders, I hope you're listening. Even if they behave this way at times, I'm sure they don't in your church. It's other churches. Here, now, you rebels. That's how he starts off. Now, that's not the best way to get people's attention. They become defensive and they don't actually listen to what you say. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? He wasn't supposed to bring water out of the rock. God was going to bring water out of the rock. Suddenly he supplanted himself into God's place. Leaders must never do that. He is the creator. We are the creature. He is the creator, we are the creature. He is the creator, we are the creature. He's the head of the church, not us. We serve him. We serve a big God and he needs to stay big. But you see, Moses had seen it all before. He'd seen the burning bush. He'd seen the ten plagues. He saw his staff become a serpent and then change back again. He'd seen the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. He'd seen the parting of the Red Sea. He'd even seen the drowning of the Egyptians. And he had a great cheer when that happened. All that oppression, gone. And so he just knew water was going to come out of that rock. So his familiarity with the supernatural works of God caused him to be careless in the speech that he was told to address the rock. He didn't. Look what he did. Fatally. Out of his frustration, he forgot God's original instructions to him. He lifts his hand and he strikes the rock, not just once, but twice, really, really hard, instead of speaking to it. Oh no, he added his own fire to God's fire, his own actions to God's actions. That's a big mistake. Leaders can't do that. They do that, they pay a price. But God was gracious. Water came out. And the Bible says it came out abundantly. Even when we make mistakes, God will often cover it abundantly. And having struck that rock, the water came out. The congregation drank and their cattle got water. And God turns and he speaks again. But he doesn't speak to the congregation. He speaks to the leaders. He speaks to Moses and to Aaron and he says, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. By the end of the chapter, Aaron is dead. Now Moses is on his own trying to lead two million people who don't always behave in the way they should behave. The waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel upset the Lord. Moses, it was his final chance and he blew it. Don't blow your final chance. Keep right on to the end of the road is a song that they sing at Newcastle United. Keep right on to the end of the road. That's how it should be. That's how I want it to be for me and for Chris as we get into the golden years of our lives. That's how I want it to be for you in Hope Church. By the end of the chapter with Aaron dead and Moses on his own, he can lead them to the border of the promised land, but he can't take them in. Moses, Moses, what are we going to do? 
By the end of this chapter, I have learnt this. Number one, a quarrelling people are very hard to lead. Watch your behaviour. Watch your tongues. Be careful. The conversations that you join in, walk away from some. Secondly, even though that's going on, God holds the leaders responsible to handle his people faithfully and according to the instructions that he gives them, not according to their frustrations or their anger with the way the people are behaving. Finally, Moses, Miriam and Aaron all failed to complete their commission. But God's commission didn't change. There's a mandate on the man. There's also a mandate on the congregation. We need to see both fulfilled, completed, not one or the other, and not both failing. Moses failed, but thankfully he was told to lay hands on Joshua so Joshua could actually take the people into the land. God will always raise up a leader, whether you like him or you don't like him, is not important. Your obedience to him as unto the Lord is what is important. It's not personal preference. It's God's choice and acknowledging God's choice. The people have been led by Moses and they moaned and groaned. Now they're going to be led by Joshua. Let's hope they're going to behave in a better way. And so this is a huge responsibility for your leaders and for you as a congregation to get this right. Because you're coming to the end of a journey and you're coming into something new. You're coming back again. Are you going to be resistant, reactive, or are you going to be responsive to God? These are the questions that we ask. So who do you follow? Is the big question that Andy Windsor asked me. Do we follow God or men sent by God? That's the big question. Well, you follow both, if you're wise, because God sends his leaders. God appoints his leaders to help us complete the journey from where he finds us to the destination that he wants to help us to. And they are there to help you to your final destination, both individually and corporately. If we're wise and we're humble and we're teachable, we'll submit to our leaders as we submit unto the Lord in the fear of the Lord. Hebrews 13, 7 and 17 says that. And finally, that should take us to the promised land. I hope when you come back together again, you listen carefully as a leadership and as a congregation to the Lord's instructions, to his word and his spirit, that you practice obedience, that you practice thanksgiving, that you practice being witnesses and you don't die on the journey and you arrive at your appointed and anointed destination. God bless you. God keep you. God make his face to shine upon you. God make you carriers of hope so you're not just called hope, but you bring hope wherever you go. In Jesus' name, amen.